Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Too Many Hobbies. I am your host, Brian Ellithorpe. Today, I wanted to talk about introducing my bird dog, Boomer, to upland bird hunting and kind of the steps that we've taken introducing him um, from training all the way up to his most recent upland hunt. So let's roll the show. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning back in to another episode. I've really been enjoying doing these episodes, and it's nice to see that other people are enjoying watching them and listening to them. Um, I would like to, at some point, incorporate video into these episodes, but for right now, audio only on iTunes, all anywhere that you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube. We are putting the episodes on my YouTube page, Brian Althorpe Media with a bunch of other hunting videos and stuff like that. So thanks again for the support. We really appreciate it. Now today I wanted to kind of talk about a few of the upland hunts that we've taken Boomer on. We have only preserve hunted him. We don't have any or much of wild birds for upland in Ohio. We have like release fields and stuff like that, but they get pretty crowded so we've strayed away from trying to do any of that especially with him being young and trying to work with him on certain points of his hunting so we'll start with the first time that I introduced him to any kind of upland bird which was quail we had quail at my trainer's house and he has some habitat in his backyard that's really good for planting upland birds and doing training we decided that we were going to put six quail out and see how he responded to it we had really only been working with him as far as upland goes on quartering and uh, we had been working with mostly waterfowl training and drills that essentially for what he's doing apply to both upland and waterfowl but we were really focusing on seeing how he would flush these birds. And uh, so we put put out the six birds. We started walking the field and he wasn't exactly sure what he was doing. He's never done um, any of the upland bird hunting, obviously. So we were walking the field and the first bird that we came across, he... You could definitely tell in his demeanor that he he scented the bird and he so he went in for a flush and he kind of pointed the bird he knew that there was something in there and then he kind of backed out of this grass clump and came back in and then just immediately flushed the bird up and as soon as he flushed the bird up he sat there and watched it for a minute until I shot and then he chased after it And unfortunately, that bird, we missed it. My trainer and myself both missed it. But you could definitely tell, like, that was the moment the switch flipped in his head. And I've I've said it from the beginning that the way that he just 
sense the ground when he's in the marsh and he's just walking around. He has more of an upland feel to him. He just he always has his nose down. When he th- finds things in the grass, he really like shoves his head in there to try and figure out what it is. And that was kind of the moment that solidified that for me, that he definitely has some sort of upland bird lineage. And it was just that that was the coolest thing to see, the way that he flushed that bird. And so we just kept working through it. Um, I was kind of trying to help him quarter a little bit better. Um, Once you get him into a field, I mean, he's still a puppy. And uh, he just kind of wanted to run. But once he flushed that first bird and he kind of realized, like, oh, there's there might be another one in here, he was just going crazy through the field. Not crazy where, like, he was getting too far away from us and stuff like that. Um, but he, he just had his nose down. He was going in every grass clump trying to find a, a scent or something. And unfortunately for that day... We only found three of the six quail that we put in. My trainer had no idea what what happened if the if they ran off or you know if they flew away when we had our back to them or whatever it was. But Boomer ended up flushing two of them, and my trainer's dog flushed the other one. But the second bird that he flushed, he was walking in this open area of like grassland, and you could just see as soon as he got downwind of this bird his head just turned immediately and he shoved his head right in there flushed it up and luckily for that bird I ended up hitting it but he was so focused on the scent that was still in there that his head was still down so I shot sailed it over into uh, like an open cut path and the bird just sat there for a minute and I was able to get him over there and kind of line him towards the bird. And it was still kind of wounded. And, I mean, he went over there. And this bird tried to get away. And he just snatched it out of midair. It was the coolest thing. He just, the drive in him for, <laughs> for these upland birds is unreal. And he, I mean, he snatched that thing. And then he got a bunch of feathers in his mouth. So he dropped it. Got the feathers out of his mouth. And then moved again. And he snatched it. I mean, he just pounced on it. Then he brought it back to me. He didn't even want to let go of the bird. He was just so, so pumped about having it. And uh, so I, I mean, after seeing that, that was, that was just unbelievable. And that was probably a month and a half, maybe two months ago. So then I got invited on a pheasant hunt a month ago, just the weekend of Thanksgiving. And it's now with the weekend after Christmas and we went down and hunted we did like it was with a family they they had guides down there running their own dogs and I contacted the owner the day before and I said you know I've got my bird dog I'm trying to get him on some upland birds is there any way that after the hunt I could buy two chuckers and just put them out to see what he would do and so his name's Tom at Clay's Pheasant Ridge. He was super cool about it. He was he was pretty pumped that I was bringing a, a young dog down to get him involved in the sport. And uh, we brought Boomer down. And 
After our hunt was over, he took the two chuckers and placed them in a field about 100 yards from each other, maybe 120 yards, and he staked them. He put a little orange flag so that I would know where he put the birds and we could kind of get move him towards that. And uh, right before we did that, another group had sailed a chucker kind of close to where we were at, and it was our the other half of our group. And it was just sitting on the ground, so he was like, why don't you send him over there and see what he does with this bird? So as soon as he got across the street, it's a really low traffic road. I just took him over there. As soon as he got downwind of that bird, I mean, he turned on a dime and sprinted at that bird and just kicked it straight up in the air. I shot it. He grabbed it and just carried it right across the street. And it was just like, it was the coolest thing. I mean, you know. We're going to keep going through coolest moments here just because each hunt had its, had its, it just kind of has progressed with each hunt. But he brought that over to me. And I think right at that time, he kind of kicked back in like, hey, I've done this before. That was a lot of fun. And so I brought him back over and we waited until he set those two birds. And as soon as we got into the field, he was just in his element. I mean, I, 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 hadn't worked extensively on quartering with him so it was a lot of me he kind of wanted to just run so I had to call him back and kind of send him right and left and just try and get him to cover the whole side of the field and we got to the first flag as soon as he hit the flag his head just turned on a dime right down and he flushed this bird up I shot it it kind of sailed for a bit and uh, I mean maybe 30, 35 yards. And so he runs over to right where it falls and then he's like, he's just kind of trailing off. He's going, he goes about 20 yards and <laughs> this is where you got to trust your dog. I just wasn't sure. And so it landed. I tried to bring him back to the spot that I saw the bird go down. Like, Hey, this bird landed right here. What are you doing? He goes like another two or three yards after I tried to get him to come back. And he turns around. He's got the bird in his mouth. And this bird had to have landed and ran. I mean, it was a chucker. They like to run. So it landed. It ran a little bit. And he got that bird brought right back to me. Then the second bird, he flushed that one up just fine. And he flushed it. And this bird flew like 400 yards into another field. We missed it. And uh, we went through the same field to see if we could kick anything else up the place that we go has a lot of um like extra birds scratch birds and so we were trying to see if we could kick anything else up plus i wanted to get him some water it was a little warm and they placed buckets throughout the fields on each one each of the fields um there's two or three buckets of water for the dogs and a lot of people bring their own dogs, plus the guides that are running their dogs there. Everybody wants to be able to, you know, hydrate their dogs, cool them down. So we hit this water. We went across the field, and we were like, man, we're probably not going to find this bird, but it'd be cool to just walk him through and kind of work with him, keeping him closer to me and start, like, engraving the quartering into his brain. Everything else he's got down. He, I don't, I'm not woeing him or anything. He's not a pointing lab. He will sit there for a minute if he's 
if he smells the bird, he'll get down into like a pointed stance, like he'll point his tail out and he'll get crouched down. But I'm not training him as a pointing dog. Um, it's something I guess I could work on at some point, but I'm not worried about it right now. So we get into this field and, uh, we start walking back towards our cars and we're going down. And then all of a sudden he, his tail, when he sees these birds, his tail goes like a helicopter. I mean, this thing just goes insane. And he, he's on one, he's on one. So he gets down, he kicks this bird up. My buddy shoots it, drops it maybe 20 yards from 20, 25 yards from where he had flushed it up. And I have all of this on my GoPro each time that I have them out. And so was, I was able to go back and watch. I watched it like 300 times. But he sat there after he flushed it up. And as soon as that bird went down, he went over, grabbed it, brought it right back to hand. I mean, it was just... That was probably the moment that I got absolutely addicted to this. And, I mean, it's only been a month or so. And I, I've taken him every weekend... So far, he's been on, after that, like, introduction with the two chuckers, I've had him on three full hunts where well, the first hunt that I took him down there, um, I bought four chuckers, and I went down by myself and just had them placed out through, throughout the field. And uh, I was using a sport dog, 425 collar. It just was not responding the way that I needed it to. Like, when I beep it, I want him to come back towards me. He knows on the beep that he needs to come back to me anyway. And then if he was, if I missed a bird or if he flushed up a bird and or if he heard another shot in another field, he would kind of perk his head up or he would start to run. So I really wanted to work on the no bird command with him so that I didn't have to shock him each time that he ran off, which I mean, I was trying to either beep him or shock him when he would do it. And that collar just would not connect to him. I mean, it was like, I know that those sport dog collars are line of sight collars, but that does not work for that kind of hunting. It just, it, you have to have the ability to correct that dog if he's doing something wrong. Cause that's the way that I've trained him with the collar. It just didn't work. So I struggled with that on that hunt, but he flushed up all four birds. Um, I missed one, unfortunately, but he got all, or the other three, he retrieved perfectly. We tried to find that fourth bird with the way that it flew off, but I'm sure it just flew off. It landed near a woods, and uh, I'm pretty sure it just landed and ran in there, which was fine. I'm not I, I'm not going down there and paying for these birds, assuming that I'm going to shoot every single one of them. I'm doing it for the dog to flush them, and if, I, if I'm able to recover a bird that I miss and get a second chance at it that's just a bonus but we uh so I, I did that hunt that worked out really well the second hunt I ended up buying a Garmin Sport XC I believe is the name of it and that collar has been fantastic it's not as much it's not a line of sight collar um I'm sure that like it doesn't go through the wall or anything like that but um, it's worked out a lot better. He, the, the response on the collar is a lot better. And I think it's a half mile collar as opposed to the sport dog being a 500 yard collar. 
And when I have him on that collar, the last two hunts, it's just been phenomenal. I've, I've made so much more progress on like his quartering and especially the no bird command. Like if somebody shoots in another field and he perks his head up and I say no bird, he just goes right back to quartering. Or if we shoot and miss and I just tell him no bird, no bird, he'll stop and I can beep him or whatever, call him back and I can bring him back closer to me and then start him quartering again, which has been like the best training that I've been able to do. Um, buying these birds and getting him on live birds. I mean, he doesn't know the difference of them being wild or preserved birds. He just knows that they're birds. And we did, I think we did four pheasants and four chuckers on that second hunt. And we shot three pheasants and four chuckers. And there was a pheasant that we just, or no, we shot four pheasants and three chuckers, but there was a chucker that got put out that we tried to we hunted this field four different times we went back and forth back and forth could not find that bird so we just kind of gave up on that it already been like three hours of us walking around in the snow so that hunt he I was I was introducing him to the pheasants just because they're such a they're a bigger bird than the chuckers and um I wanted to see how he would react to a bigger bird because he gets kind of weird about like ducks and geese. Um, I don't know if it's them being in the water or what, but like with these birds on land, he has no problem with them. These pheasants will be flapping around and he just like, it like flips a, pre a predator switch in him where he just, I mean, he goes after these things. And that, that day <laughs> there was one, one uh chucker that he flushed up they flushed right in front of my face like the I probably could have hit it with my barrel if I had just swung out a little bit and it kind of floated right in front of me and anybody that has me on YouTube you'll see this video you'll see a video an upland video coming soon but this is one of the clips in it and it floats literally right in front of me I spin and I'm kind of laughing. I'm like, this thing's right there. I, I, like, if I would have shot it, there wouldn't have been anything left. And so I let it go. It lands. And then all of a sudden, you see in the video, Boomer comes flying up next to me. And this bird tries to climb up into the tree away from him. He leaps with both paws up into the tree to flush this bird. And then we shoot it, and he retrieved it. And, I mean, most of the retrieves, because we had three guys there and... You know, all of us could shoot pretty well. We were letting the birds kick up and get like a decent distance away, but there was no like really long, crazy retrieves. It was just he did more flushing and more retrieving in that hunt, which I think helped build him up um, to the last hunt that we did. And it wasn't really any, the last hunt that we did, um, we did it on Christmas Eve. I did it with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. And there wasn't really anything, the terrain was similar. I mean, it was just across the street from the previous hunts. Um, but the wind, I think, was a big factor that day. The, the wind was like 30, 35 mile an hour. And it's a, it, where the place is located, it's just a wide open, I mean, it's just cornfields everywhere. 
there's really no wind block like there's not big trees or anything and uh that day it was it was interesting to see how he adapted to these birds because the first field he put in just pheasants it seems like the last time that i hunted this field the birds did the same thing where he placed them and then we would get halfway down the field going well we should have kicked something up by now but what was happening is these birds were moving the, the pheasants were running down the field and like i said before gotta trust the dog because we were going and then all of a sudden he kicks one up i mean we're like almost halfway through the field and uh the the wind was just such a big factor. It was it was interesting to see that he kind of hugged the far side of the field where the wind was blowing to. So the wind was blowing across the field, and he would kind of work that side. And then if he s- smelled something, he would come all the way across. And the couple times they came all the way across before that bird got up, there was either it might have been like maybe where he placed the bird earlier and then before it ran. But there was a couple of times where there was feathers from a previous shot sitting there that you could see. And he would go over, he'd sniff them, and then he would just keep going. But it was it was really cool to see him adapt. And whether he was doing it on purpose or just happened to be that way, I'm, I don't know. But it worked out nicely. He was hugging kind of that left side, and then all of a sudden this, this bird, he just comes flying over like two-thirds of the way across the field flushes this bird up we get further down the field and (laughs) he kicks up two birds at once there was just there must have been standing right next to each other and i mean we're we're like 30 or 40 yards to the end of this field and thinking man there's we we shot the one missed another one and then we we kind of looped around and uh where the other one had landed was at the end of the field. So then he goes down there, he catches, I kind of, you know, I'd, I'd seen where the general area that it went down. So I had him hunt this area for a minute and then he ends up kicking it up. We shoot it and we're thinking, man, there's one more bird in this field. Where did it go? And as we're going across, we were going to another, he'd set them in two different fields. So we're walking across this like grass field. Um, to get to the the taller grass field where the other where he'd put all the chuckers. And we get to the end of this field and we're walking across and then all of a sudden his tail goes nuts and I look down and he kicks up this last pheasant and it was in the very, very end, like I mean the last six inches of this field in the corner. And I told told him when we got back, I was like, Yeah, that bird was like right there, right at the end. He's like, I did not, put, I did not put that there. So it must have ran. All, and it's just crazy that we were pushing these birds to the end of this field, and you hear about it in these these videos, like the flush and Scott Linden's and stuff like that. That you'll get to the end of a field, and that's when you start pushing, kicking up birds. And I mean, it was no different for for this preserve. I mean, the birds did not stay where he planted them. And it was kind of cool that that you know we had that kind of mixed in, but you get to the end of the field and you're thinking, man, I haven't kicked up the, any of these birds yet. Like, is my dog broken? And then, no, well, you just gotta trust your dog. So then we get over to the chucker side where he placed four chuckers in there, and uh, we kicked up the first one. It wasn't that that tough of a flush or a retrieve. 
But then the next two, he, the first or the second bird, he flushed up and we shot it like 80 yards into this field and he's 30 yards into this grass field. There's a field in between the two that we hunted with maybe like, it's just basically like the length of like mowed grass. But I mean, he was like, I watched him as we kicked it up and then we shot it real high. It kind of sailed into the middle of the field and he was watching it marking it the whole time and then as soon as it went down he took off and he got over there and he was going away for like going not directly at it and then he kind of then as soon as he saw it, he veered over grabbed it no problem brought it right back to me I didn't even move and I mean it was probably 80 85 yards and that was one of the longer retrieves that he's had to do at this place so that was awesome to watch and then the third bird that we kicked up it kicked up and flew away from us and I barely got, you know, a pellet or two in it. And so it's, it coasted and at the last second it kind of tumbled. So I'd seen where it went down. I told him to go fetch it up and he runs down to where it landed. And then he kind of veers off to the left. And at this point he's like a hundred yards away from me. And I'm like, I just let him go. I didn't, try and do anything and then about 30 seconds later he's picks his head up and he's got this trucker in his mouth i mean this thing landed like 70 yards from us and ran about 25 or 30 yards so it's been a wild experience having this dude down there and i mean i was listening to sporting dog talk the other day with this i think it's the editor-in-chief of gundog magazine she said it best you know she wasn't an upland hunter but the the dog made her an upland hunter and that's exactly how I feel about this like I have hunted upland before I really enjoy it but the fact that the dog loves it this much is just what's gonna it's created a monster inside of me and I'm really not that upset about it it's a good time it's it's just a different experience than waterfowl for me or like dove hunting you know it's it's the complete opposite you're looking for a bird that's going to come up off the ground and in waterfowl or you know dove hunting or whatever um you see these birds coming and then you shoot them so it's a it's a nice change of pace um it's an it's an easy type of hunting i mean you really just show up you're gonna send up decoys or getting up super early or anything like i've been doing these hunts at like nine o'clock so you still get some hunting, you get some shooting, but just watching the dog do his thing has just been incredible. And it's been so much fun for me. Um, you know, you always, you get these dogs, you put a lot of time and work into them, and to see it all pay off is just incredible. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I appreciate you guys listening if you've made it all the way to the end. Um, hopefully that was entertaining. I'll try to do some more Upland stuff. Um, the videos will be out. Really, this is just kind of me talking about the introduction to it. It's not, I don't, I can't really go too much more in depth with it as opposed to like, or, you know, with all the different hunts, just because they're all pretty much going to be similar, but there's just going to be different things that I work on. So I can talk about the things that we've been working on how he's responding to it. At some point we'll get another dog in there and I can talk about how he's how he works with another dog and stuff like that. 
So anything that you guys think of, be sure to message me if you have any um, suggestions and stuff like that. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Too Many Hobbies Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the, the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Brian Elthorpe Media on Instagram, Facebook, and the videos are on YouTube. Um, I think that's it. So thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you on the next episode.